Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth. We are in studio today with guest co-host Nancy Verhey, who is a mom to four and a former teacher, and you work with your family business. And she's joining us in the midst of moving three of her four children over the last couple of days into different apartments, colleges. She's about to move her fourth one into another college next week. Um, so, Nancy, welcome. Tell us where you're calling in from. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Me too. Um, I am currently at Winston-Salem and moving my youngest of four into Wake Forest University as a freshman. Amazing, amazing, and we love that that youngest one of yours in our house. Um, so Nancy and I were riffing today about just the launch of sending kids off into the world and off into college or any kind of like first jobs and stuff like that. And I'm about to launch my first, but uh, of four to college. And, and Nancy's a little further down the path from me. And I thought it would be fun for us to share some experiences, tips and tricks and kind of what you're learning. So give us the lowdown, because I'm not sure if I got that right. You've settled two of the four before? Like, tell us what your week's been like. Yeah. So, well, we have four children. The oldest is 23 and just graduated Notre Dame as an architect in a five-year program. So we just moved her to D.C. yesterday. Amazing. And she's launching her first career. So that... So that gave us about five years practice of move-ins and switching dorms and finding apartments and all the stuff that you have to go through. And her her next youngest sister is only one year behind. So she ended up at Boston College, and they both graduated the same weekend this past May, and they're both going out into the real world. And, of course, she chose a different city, so she wanted to be in New York. And so she flew out on Saturday one day before her sister moved to Washington, D.C., she moved to New York City. So um, slowly we're emptying the nest, if you will. Yeah. And then we have a third boy, who is Bobby, who's going to Williams College, and he's a junior, so he's the least exciting right now because he's kind of used to the drill, and we'll fly out with him and help him move in, but there's not a lot that we have to do. And then Tommy is just starting, so... I guess I would say it's equally exciting each time, and the new schools, you have to learn the systems, everything's a little different, and it's really fun and exciting and kind of sad and nerve-wracking all wrapped in one. And you're in the middle of the move-in for your, um, for Tommy, for your first-year student right now. Like Correct. You're, you're taking a lunch break to join us, which is amazing. Yes. And the, the, and we had some tech difficulties, and it might benefit us that the camera's not working because we are hauling boxes, setting up beds, we're running to Target, uh, just got out of the bookstore, like the normal five or ten things that you do when you have your first day at campus dropping off your first. Okay, so tell us what those, since you're further down the pipe than me on this, tell us what those five or ten things, like normal things that you might do. You mentioned Target. Yeah. Well, you first have to check in and the orientation. A lot of the schools will host programs. It really depends upon the school sure. and your level of interest if you want to, you know, be part of that or do it on your own. We're kind of independent now, I feel. We don't sign up for every single thing they offer. Um, but we will do the standard tour this afternoon. Uh, we moved in. We met the RA. 
there was a greeting squad. It was awesome. They had a disco blaring and a bunch of kids <laughs> dancing at the front of the dorm. So it just immediately roped us in and Tommy's just smiling ear to ear. So it's been great. Awesome. Um, and then when we moved in, the football team was waiting for us on the curb. Amazing. And they're, I think that they're forced to do all the move-ins, like all the athletic teams. So they just come and whisk off all your things out of the car and bring them up to your room. And then uh, we just started unpacking. And unfortunately for Tommy, like, we had our first crisis, which was that his roommate was from Morocco. And we found out three days ago that he switched schools. He got off the wait list somewhere else and changed his mind. And so now Tommy's in a single. And that can be great, and that can be a little lonely the first three or four days of school. So luckily he has a suite mate or two in the room next door that share a bathroom. And so now he's going to really have to put himself out there and invite himself along for meals and just find some people to hang out with for the first couple of days. For sure. But knowing Tommy, um, who is an outgoing, kind kid, that will hopefully come pretty natural to him. Yeah, he doesn't seem nervous yet, but, um, you know, you, you, as a parent, you wait for that first call of, like, who'd you have lunch with today? Or, oh, for sure. You know, did you figure out where your first class is? Or, you know, there's <laughs> so too. many things coming at him. Um, but it'll be, he's independent. I'm not worried. I think it'll be great. He, you know, we promised him we would decorate the empty bed so it's not so sad next to him. And then he can have his friends come over and kind of pretend it's a couch, I guess. That's oh, yeah, plan. you make that a day bed. And like, yeah. Yeah, right. That's what we're thinking. I love it. Um, but then to answer your question, um, we hit up like at Wake Forest, they don't have the huge bookstore like a Notre Dame or whatever, but they have um, a place where you can buy apparel. And then uh, the bookstore is more typical with actual books. Oh. And like lanyards and every college freshman goes and buys the little wallet that sticks to the back of your phone so that yep. your ID card is always with you. Um, then we'll probably find the laundry room. Uh, we'll definitely hit Target because Tommy did not bring all of his bedding. He needs a lot of things still. So we just moved in suitcases and basic sheets and stuff. And now we're going to go buy him the rest that he needs. Yeah, that's a good point. When you're going further from home, a lot of times the buying of the necessities happens in the city that the kid is going to attend versus if you're closer to home and you're driving, it's easier to... Correct. Yeah. To so slap. when I moved my daughter to D.C., we had a car full that we could barely fit ourselves in, <laughs> and she had everything but the kitchen sink. And that's nice, too, because then when you get to the other end, you don't have so much running around. It's more like decorating and hanging out in the dorm. Um, so I'm a little stressed today because, you know, things sell out when there's a lot of comp college campuses locally. Oh, sure. And so we might be running a little ragged finding him the things that he needs, but... You know, the one trick there is that there's always a parent weekend. Um, and I think it's important also to say not every college student has two parents or more in tow. Right. Um, and so there's an independence there, and that's okay, too. You know, so as long as you feel like you can set them up for success and point them in the right direction for what they need, um, usually everything is you know, a phone call or a click away if they need something. For sure. Okay, so I have a question because you kind of mentioned this in passing, but you said we no longer sign up for all the things, but we will do the campus yes. tour. 
Um, okay, being a newbie, uh, about to launch my my first, and I did work in colleges and universities for a while, so I, I have a little bit of perspective on it. But it's different when it's your own child. Do you like? Did you used to sign up for everything? Yes. So the first uh, Allie was our old is our oldest, and we went to the Notre Dame welcome weekend and. Um, to their credit, they cover every single thing. So, for example, you're walking down the main street, and there's a, uh, a like a sandwich board that says "Not Catholic." Arrow left, go here, and like they just kind of thought of. We laughed about that because my husband's <laughs> not Catholic, and we were kind of marveling that we had a child going to a Catholic university. For sure. And nonetheless, they had sort of an answer or a room or a, a reference for every single thing that could have happened to you. International students go this way. Freshmen go this way, you know, looking for a club, you know, join us at one o'clock and walk the gym. So many things, including um, cocktail hours for parents and then rally fest. And then because it was Catholic, they had a big mass to kick everything off. So we went to everything. Um, and this time they were kind of hunting us down, fourth kid and all. <laughs> and we didn't sign up for the welcome parent drinks and dinner because We'd rather be with Tommy and just do what he wants to do. Um, but if he finds that he wants to hang out with his new friends or something, then we'll just peel off. But we're not going to hang out on campus the whole time, per se. Okay, so you show up this morning to Wake Forest, and mm-hmm. Tommy doesn't have a roommate. Um, so he's you're kind of like establishing his room on your own. Um, and I know for Bobby when he went to William and Mary he also had a single but your other girls had roommates so like how do you navigate the like new family new roommate like setting up the room negotiation because it's kind of a high load moment those couple hours you have to move in I mean I know we have like a time that we can move in and uh, like a window for move in to try to keep it fluid um but how do you negotiate right, that? That's a good question. So it depends on the university or college. It depends on the individual. And it, um, like, for example, my, my daughters were shoppers. They bought way more things. They, <laughs> they were in touch with the roommates almost all summer on Facebook groups and things like that. Um, my son, Bobby, was not. And he actually goes to Williams. I think. Oh, sorry. I, you're right. My, yeah. No, it's not. It's, it's vastly um, different. My apologies. He um, goes to Williams. So he he was more like, oh, I'm good. I need a bed. I need a bedspread. I need, you know, he, he was so basic. He wasn't really worrying about decorations. So he wasn't reaching out too much to the suite mates and the guys until he got there. Got um, it. And so, but I will say, like, the first time we moved Allie in, um, her roommate was super shy. The parents were not super talkative. Um, I, I believe they, you know, they may have been divorced and so they were kind of visiting the room separately. Mm. Um, and so it's like you don't really game. have those conversations like, oh, hey, like, what's your guy's background? Like, you mm-hmm. just sort of are polite, you nod and you think this is really weird. Like, my daughter's going to be living with your daughter for the next 10 months and we're just meeting for the first time. So, you do have to navigate that, but it's pretty typical. It's just, I think the only difference is that they're actually sleeping like four feet apart. So it's a very intimate setting for strangers. For sure. I mean, yeah, I I didn't know my roommate when I went to college and she came from L.A. And I, I don't even know if I met her parents, but um, 
my parents are divorced and they can get along enough to do some of that stuff. Um, but there is definitely that adds another dynamic for sure. There is some tension to ne- navigate <laughs> in a different way when parents right. are no longer and, together. And that's sort of like the move in piece. But mm-hmm. then there's also like the development down the road of do they hit it off? Mm-hmm. Um, do they have similar schedules, friends, etc.? So, you know, for Allie, her first year roommate was not a good fit. Mm-hmm. They really barely spent time. They kind of just two ships passing in the night back and forth and um, by the end of her freshman year, she had already picked who her new roommates would be the following year. So I, I that's s- kind of something interesting to navigate. Totally. And I'll say sometimes that's kind of freeing in a way. I mean, I wasn't very good friends with my first year roommate. Um, we had very different temperaments. She was pretty homesick and stayed in the room a lot. And I didn't. Um, in some ways, it was like easy not to. You know, I mean, I would sleep there, but it was easier not to have to navigate all of that. But it was much more fun, much more fun to live with friends. um, I agree. And then like also finding like the way that I phrased it to Allie, because I found out that her roommate was sort of hanging with her other friends late into the wee hours almost Mm -hmm. every night. And I just said, you know, you have to find a person who has your back. Do you have someone that actually mm. will notice if you're not in your room at midnight or mm. if you go missing for two days or go away for the weekend? Will anyone know or care? Mm. And she right away said, you know, I found these friends down the hall and I hang with them and we check in every night. And that sort of brought peace for me as a parent because it's fine if your roommate's not your bestie or if you don't even like them. Um, but it's not fine if you're really feeling like you don't have anyone that is looking out for you at all. Right. hundred percent. That's a really uh, good point to uh, mention because, yeah, you definitely want someone who has your back um, and cares if, you know, something happens to you or you're not there. Or right. You're down. Like or, we had you know. um, one of my father-in-law passed away three weeks after Allie started her college career. And so I actually had to reach out to the RA and just let her know, like, I just delivered some pretty bad news. She's going to be navigating, figuring out how to get home and all of the above. It wasn't too hard, but it was something that I was worried about. So if you don't have the roommate or the parents that you know, you can look for people on campus that you think will foster, you know, your child and what they need. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I was at orientation um, for my oldest, and the housing director said that they had one family who really wanted to make sure their first-year student had settled well, and so they stayed and lived with their first-year student um, at the, oh boy. the college that he previously worked <laughs> at, and finally... The first that that child's roommate came and said, is it normal that his parents and sibling are still living with us this week? <laughs> That's a little bit insane to me, personally. A hundred percent. But and then once the housing director went up and explained, like, this isn't the protocol and you got to kind of move on. And the family was delightful and was like, yeah, it really wasn't working anyway. <laughs> That's funny. And, you know, that kind of bleeds into a different topic, which is um, the whole letting go theme. Oh, my gosh. um, We might we might have to, you know, right. You might need a separate podcast. Well, let's bring that into the next segment here. We're going to take a quick quick break and 
we'll be right back with exploring sovereignty and why you might not want to move in with your child (laughs) in the dorm as you launch them hopefully into a more sovereign nature and great adventure this is exploring sovereignty with elizabeth and guest co-host nancy verhey who is launching her four children in short order and basically the span of a week stay tuned as we talk more Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and we are in studio with Nancy Verhey as a guest co-host as we speak about the send-off to college or first new jobs with your um, adult, young adult children, and why it might not be optimal to decide to move into the dorm with them to make sure that they are... (laughs) launch. Nancy's like, you threw me on that one. I know. I've been digesting that story for a while because I find myself fluctuating with Finn between I'm so excited for you. Go have a phenomenal adventure and like, you know, dive into the things you love and meet new people and make sure you're home for dinner. Um, (laughs) Kind of feeling. I mean, he won't be able to be home for dinner, but um, that fluctuation of like it's time to let go and yet like how did we really decide that this is the paradigm that when they get to be you know 18 19 20 in that realm if they're doing the more traditional path that they take off you know they they're just becoming delightful people and you're like wait a minute (laughs) right yeah that's a great point you just start thinking i want to hang out with you more and and they take off it's like cruel um and it depends on your family dynamics. So Tommy's our youngest, and so he has been hanging out with his parents for the last two years virtually alone because everyone else was launched. Right. So now we have to start. It's not just new for him. It's new for all of us. Like, we have to figure out what we're going to do now that he's gone and the whole empty nesting concept. Um, and then you want to make sure that while he's so far away that he will check in and he will do all the right things and stay safe. And, you know, parents live in fear of just the one story you hear every year or two of something gone horribly wrong. You just can't help it. So, I don't know, giving yourself a little grace and also giving some trust and confidence to the child you raise that you know that they will be fine. Totally. I worked in um, first-year experiences between res life and and teaching English for a little bit to first-year students and um, some service learning opportunities. And one of the things I remember, both as a resident assistant and staff assistant and some other roles in that nature, uh, and I can't remember, I can't attribute it to who I remember this from, but they say the first six weeks that first-year students are on campus they regress for years. And so you almost have to, and I don't know if this is still true with our current children or not, but it's an interesting thought. They regress for yeah, years. Interesting. And so you almost have to think of them that they're operating because so much is new, right? Like saying their name doesn't mean anything typically um, when they go someplace new. They don't know where the bathrooms are. They're learning how to get, you know, all the things right. like all the things that we take for granted as 
uh, because we're familiar with our environment and because we're known within our family and our school community and our sports community and, you know, what other communities you're involved in are not built in yet. And so for the first six weeks, our, one, it's like a really critical time for them to set their routines and meet new people and get established and find where their classes are. But also, it's like a regression they're four years younger for those first four, six weeks. And so it helped me when I worked in that uh, – and when I worked at colleges and universities to think, oh, they're actually operating emotionally and intellectually more like a 14-year-old. And then some of the things that I saw people, you know, first-year students doing made way more sense to me than me thinking, you're 18, you should have this, like, a little bit more under your belt. Um Wow, yeah, that's an interesting. I've not heard that before, but it makes sense. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll t- I'll report out after you know I launch Finn and see right <laughs> see, see what I well, notice. But things like you know, like my son was very independent. My my older son, who's now going to be a junior, and you know, I probably texted him once six weeks in a row to remind him that if you want to ride the bus home to the airport for Thanksgiving, you need to book it now. And I, it was sort of like he would ghost me or he'd say, <laughs> KK, I'll get to that. And then it was a it was an emergency when he finally decided, woke up one morning and thought, oh, I, I should get a bus. He probably heard one of his friends say, oh, I'm on the five o'clock bus. And then he thought, uh-oh, I think mom mentioned something about that. <laughs> and so... There's all these things where you feel like you're mollycoddling and maybe you're, you know, you need to cut the cord a little bit, but then they're practical things. Like if you don't get that bus, we're in the hole for a train ticket or we can't physically get you on a flight home for Thanksgiving from the town that you're in. Right. So for me, I try to focus on like um, pick my battles, you know, for the things that are practically important for our family to function as a unit, unit or for our kids to for example, be able to get home at the end of the semester, then I get involved and I, I try to be subtle, but I don't try to take over every little thing because they have to do it on their own eventually. Right. So how do you find yourself balancing? I mean, that's a tricky balance, right? At least I find because, you know, I mean, I'm not going to be that family that moves into Finn's dorm room um, to make sure he gets to where he's going. By any yeah, means. That's, I'm glad to hear that part. That's positive. <laughs> <laughs> Reassurance. We can still be friends. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and, like, that's a tricky balance, I find, between, like, right? Like, what's, like, what's theirs to do and what's still ours to do? Um, do you find, right. like, anything you've learned? Because, I mean, I know you've learned a lot. Because your kids, how, you have four kids in how many, in, within how many years? Within five and a half. Years. Oh, same. So I knew pretty th- tight. I knew that's why I liked you when I first met you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was um, not really planned, just sort of the way that things worked out. I hear you. Um, yep. So I'm thinking like an example. I don't think that I have this figured out, just to be clear. I mean, okay. I could have nine kids and each one is so unique and some are more emotional and some are more needy and, and every school is different. So like, so far it's been four hours. We're pretty impressed with Wake Forest. They, 
They have things covered. They have people checking in. They're welcoming. They're handing out merch. They're really greeting and making us feel welcome. Um, not all of our four schools were a soft landing like that. And sometimes mm. you leave with a little more of a pit in your stomach that you might have to Ooh. help your child a little more than you expected. Um, How do you digest like the example, pit? Okay, sorry. Go well, to go to your example, and then we'll come back to that question. Well, I was just thinking, like, um, it wasn't just the bus. Like, the other uh, other minor thing is that generally we want our children to have a bank account. Not everybody does, but we were that family that never really dragged them in when they were little to do it. So we just sort of tracked any money or gifts they got and said, well, we'll earmark that for when they go to college. And they'll open their own account, and here's their money. And... um and so my one son just dragged his feet on it, and we didn't get it done in the summer. He went off to college, and he's in you know rural Massachusetts, so they don't have Wells Fargo sitting on the corner. Right. And um, I was like, you need to figure out what are the banks, if any, on campus <laughs> where you can get an ATM withdrawal without paying five bucks every time, and then you need to walk in there with your ID and your money, and you know, right. do it. Do and, it. That went on for probably six or eight weeks. And, and then, you know, during that time was the tail end of COVID. But it is something to think about that um, you need to be able to extract money for an emergency to get yourself a train ticket or whatever it might be, you know, a medical right. bill. And so I had to really sort of let him do it. But I was texting reminders. And then I was like, as soon as it's set up, I'm going to do a, a test transaction on Zelle because... The bank in his town is so small, you know, I can't even transfer to it. I had to find a different way to get him money if he needed it. And so it's such a minor thing to us as, you know, functioning adults, but that was overwhelming to him to walk into town, walk into a bank, introduce himself and say, this is what I need. And then he started, you know, what do I do? Do I need checking? Do I need savings? And 500 questions later, he had a bank account. Right. Um, so that's just something some kids are more independent or maybe they already did that in high school, but not every child is the same. So, you know, those are just examples. We were switching banks uh, this past summer and we brought all the kids in to open their accounts. And the banker was so funny because he handed all these papers and he's like, this is a quiz and you need to read through all the fine print. And the boys, their eyes got really big, and he was messing with them. But um, oh, funny! That's great that you did that, though. Well, I mean, it it was like it kind of the stars aligned, right? I mean, the only one, our twelve year old, can't quite do anything yet because he has to have right. a job. But um, but yeah, it was it was a good use of time and energy, even if they were bored out of their mind for half of it. Um, right. But yeah, it, it 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 is those things that you don't think about, and and five dollars when you're in college, you know, five dollar ATM fee ends up adding up really quick, and when you're living on a budget, that matters. Um, yes, absolutely, for sure. At least it did when I was in college. <laughs> right, and that that's another thought is like. When I launched, I was on my own. I'm the seventh of seven. Mm -hmm. um, my mom was very ill just by chance at the time, and uh, there was no college drop-off, you know, right. and I I did all of it myself with the help of some siblings that were kind enough to drive me up there because mm -hmm. it was three hours away, mm -hmm. and um, figuring all this out, I had to do it on my own, but 
I was a little bit more independent at that age because of how I had been raised and also the time. Right. Um, and things have seventh, changed, you yeah. know. Right. I'm being seventh kid. I mean, so I'm fifth, sometimes five I look of five, at this so I, I get think, it. Yeah, it's like, you guys, you should be able to do this. I had three jobs at 18. Totally. Yeah, but it's it's not the same, and I'm sure that varies by family where some had more help and then they're giving their kids and vice versa. Well, my oldest and your youngest, you know, when uh, 2020 hit, was spring of their first year of high school, and I remember Finn looking at me, and he said, I'm pretty sure at this age, being 15 at the time, we're not supposed to be around you this much. And I was like, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. <laughs> right, right. Your intuition is right. And he's like, so. <laughs> well, good for him for even thinking that. Well, sure. But, you know, thank goodness they found ways to stay active and going. But those were, uh, yeah, it's, it is they it is a different kind of launch for these uh seniors about, you know, recently graduated seniors about to be first year students at different colleges and universities across the campus, uh, across the country. Um, what do you, uh, like anything you're like, okay. Uh, cause I was just talking to one of our friends, a common friend that you and I have who just launched her first. And she's like, I vacillate between being excited and thrilled for him and just like, this heartache of he's not here and you know, the house is different and uh, you know, and she also has four kids, but still has three at home. Um, Do you remember that feeling when you launched your first and you came home and instead of, Oh yeah. Well, we, when we launched in uh, Notre Dame, when we left, we had to leave early to catch our flight in Chicago and so I was just guilt-ridden that we couldn't stay for, like, the full launch mass mm-hmm. or whatever the event was. And so we kind of slipped out, the three of us, and then we said goodbye, like, right outside the stadium. And then I remember just walking to the car, and I looked back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's just she's not even with friends because they're all in the stadium with their parents. She's just alone going back to her room, and I was just beside mm-hmm. myself. And then... um I found it, I'm a pretty emotional person, but I definitely had tears for like the first 90 minutes the whole way back to Chicago. And then I was pretty wiped out, like emotionally withdrawn, wiped out, even though I had three, I had a full house to go home to, Mm -hmm. but it was just such a shift. And then the other thing is that it really impacts the siblings too. Mm -hmm. So it's not even just about, you know, I agree, I'm sad and even this week, I'm thrilled. I know that my son is going where he needs to go. Maybe not the right school. We'll find out. But I know that he's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was in Target shopping with my daughter in D.C. for her apartment. And I walked through the back to school section and I got teared up. And totally. I couldn't believe it was happening. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm done back to school shopping for the most part. They do it themselves now. So, yeah, I'm 100% depends on the day, uh, depends on, you know, if I'm missing them or worried about something going on with them, but also super excited and forcing myself to take that step back and think they are exactly where they need to be. And this is not about you. Totally. And I find myself like I feel a little 
like I'm at maybe in denial because I'm like really excited, but the, the sadness hasn't hit for me yet. And I don't know if it's just, but I'm watching my oldest, you know, say goodbye to all the friends. And he is one of the latter ones of their friend group to leave right next week. Yep. And um, it's been, you know, he's getting so emotional because it's hard to be the one who's left behind while people are taking yes. it off. Um, so I know. I think so. Yeah, I know he's ready, but his siblings are, you know, not ready quite for him, like, to leave Seamus. Right. Well, one thing that helps me when you think about this situation is that, and I force myself to do this because it's really hard, is just remember what you felt like when you did this. Right. Did you feel that you needed your mom or your guardian or your person in your life to be right there? No. (laughs) You know, you felt like you were ready to go hit the ground running the day you got there. And and some kids maybe cried or a little homesick or missed their bed or missed their best friend. But honestly, if you remember back to the level of freedom you wanted for yourself at that age, that's what kind of is a good kick in my pants for me to stay out of things. For sure. Well, let's continue that um, with our next when we come back. Uh, as we continue exploring sovereignty and what it means when we launch these beautiful young adults into the larger world um, for them to have more experiences on exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth, with guest co-host Nancy Verhe, who is in the throes of moving as we speak from uh, where you're in Salem? Winston-Salem. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Right? Yeah. Yep. All right. We'll be back. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Nancy Verhey, who is a mom to four kids um, within five and a half years, and I'm... We have similar um, a similar brood structure in our family, too. And Nancy and I have been friends these last four years. She actually helped me uh, make it through my oldest going through high school and all the firsts of that. And as her youngest is good friends with my oldest. So um, I've definitely benefited from your humor and wisdom and uh, grace and perspective. And sometimes when I'm like, hold up, what? <laughs> And Nancy will talk me down or like, I'll be like, wait a minute. Uh, So thank you for all the many conversations over the years and for joining us today. We're, we were, you were, (laughs) right. Um, We were just talking about how the letting go process and how that is uh, a bit of a struggle and how kids are really excited, usually and ready. I found when I went to college, yeah, you're right. I was like, almost didn't look back. And it wasn't till after Thanksgiving when I went home and I didn't have to wear flip flops in the shower and I could make a snack at 11 at night in the kitchen and I could sleep in my own bed without my roommate spraying Lysol every time because she liked to spray Lysol. I don't know. It was like any of my, like, it was a weird, I don't know. Gross. It was, yeah, I think that smell still kind of turns my stomach. Uh, it would be like I'd have friends in and then they'd leave and she'd spray the room with Lysol. And I was like, this is, 
I don't even know where to begin, but, um, (laughs) but, um, so I found when I didn't, my homesickness didn't really hit until after Thanksgiving and going back and having to wear flip-flops in the shower with the standing water that would kind of pool and other people, you know, like, anyway, I won't go too far into the visuals, all the sharing that goes on. Yes. Um, so like how, yeah, the letting go process, like I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, go. Well, you say letting go. And, um, we were talking about that before and, and there is a book called, titled letting go. And I remember buying it for my oldest sibling. She's 13 years older than me. And I remembered thinking probably I was a little bratty or something. I hadn't had children yet. And I remembered thinking, you really need this, like, you have to let go of that oldest son because I was at her house when she was packing some things for him and tucking little $20 bills into the pockets of his pants and setting them up. And I was thinking, what are you doing? Like, he's going off to college to be an individual, independent. But it's so easy to judge when you're not the one in that role and when you don't know the relationship you know, mother, son, father, daughter, or any other combo of guardian relationships that might exist. And so, you know, I do have the book, and um, (laughs) there's a lot of little vignettes in the book that kind of remind you. But, you know, and it's also all over the Internet now. You see, if you search on Instagram or any social media platform, you'll see all the quotes and things about sending off your oldest or your youngest. Um, But it's meaningful stuff. And, And I do think that you have to figure out how to do that because we're sort of obliged to give them this opportunity, you know, that Mm -hmm. they deserve to be able to be independent. Mm -hmm. And whatever that looks like in your family or your, you know, group structure, you have to at least give it a shot. And it's not easy to do. No, it's not. And yet, like, totally necessary. I mean, if we want them to step more into freedom and how to take care of themselves. Hopefully we've means whereby that like step by step that along the way. So it's not such a like off the cliff moment, but. Right. Well, and it's interesting, you know, you have me thinking now and I'm coming to you from the back of um, a suburban, which is about to be filled with stuff from Target. So we are literally in the trenches right now today. Totally. I'm so um, grateful. My brain is just, I'm, I'm all over the place, so I apologize. No, no, um, it's awesome. I'm thinking about, you know, with the letting go, like, you know, my son, when he went off to college two years ago, I wasn't even able to go with him because I had three other children that were also either moving in, switching apartments, starting college, or in the case of our sons, they were they were starting high school year and they had back-to-school stuff and they had soccer, and so... I was really depressed. Like, I couldn't believe that I wasn't going to move my son into college as a freshman. And so I didn't say, you know, let's have a call every Sunday. Or I didn't make (laughs) up any kind of expectations. I didn't have that chance, even if I probably would have tried, honestly. Um, But then it was sort of like he had this bond with my husband because my husband went to the same university or college. And then... It would be like because they moved in and set up the dorm, if something came up, he would just text my husband. And then I was starting to feel FOMO about the whole totally. experience because 
I was like, okay, can we please get a group chat going? Because, like, even if you're just buying a calendar and you need Dad to send you something on the credit card, I just want to know what you're doing because he he didn't call at all. I mean, it was radio silent. And um, then you'd finally reach him, and it was just casual, nonchalant, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, he's doing this. He's on his own. So it was really harder for me than I thought even launching my third kid because I didn't get to see it firsthand. And so, so many little things can affect your take on it. Like, you know, not to be stereotypical, but it's like maybe if your son's into sports and your husband's into sports, they might connect on that if he goes to, the, you know, right. Wisconsin where there's a huge football team and there's a lot to talk about in that arena. So you kind of have to, if, you know, instead of sitting around brooding, you know, you have to make your own connections that make this whole experience uh, fun and, you know, so that they don't feel like you are overbearing. Totally. Well, I mean, my Finn's three little brothers are already talking about like how they get to, they're going to drive and go stay with them. <laughs> right. I mean, like yes. And like, go do it. But uh, have you, right. have you seen the size of his dorm room yet? I don't know. I mean, they'll figure it, they'll sort it and, out. Well, and, and then on the flip side, as at least for me personally, as a parent, I will be chatting with one of my daughters and they will say, oh, I think Bobby has a girlfriend. And I'm like, what? And then <laughs> then I have to stop myself and think how sweet that he confided to his sisters that, you know, something's going on at school in his personal life. And totally. I just kind of thought you have to be able to see past that because otherwise you just sit around worrying and feeling left out of everything when they leave and sad. Yeah, it's a good point is how do you uh, make those authentic connections and touch points that, you know, I mean, from the mundane, right, of like, I need a calendar and five bucks for the calendar to um, I think I like someone and what that looks like. I remember when right. my boys would talk about liking someone and I'd be like, you know, when you're ready to like actually date someone, you have to also be ready to like talk to us about it. Otherwise, maybe you're not ready for the dating. <laughs> well, that's good advice, right? Because I would, I would not get those calls, and the one, and then I would be at my desk at work, and one time my phone rang. It was two. It was let me think. It was two thirty central, and the phone rang, and it was my son at college, and I thought, oh, like something might be wrong, right? And sure enough, he needed a medical form uploaded and he wanted to play soccer that evening or something and he just hadn't done it and when i said when is it due it was due in 30 minutes his time oh and i perfect. thought well that's interesting you know because now we have to contact your pediatrician and we have to get the form and probably figure out where to fax it and so i kind of directed him but i was kind of feeling like he only was reaching out when he was in a moment or a situation like that and right. so then I had to go out of my way to think, okay, what are some other things we can connect on? Because I don't want to just be the secretary for the next four years. I want to have like a deeper connection. So what did you find like were the, some of the other inroads? Well, for example, he did a really cool thing and he, uh, well, one thing is like our fantasy football league. Like he was my sort of helper slash commissioner. So he would help me draft my team, and then we would touch base on that throughout the different weeks of the season. Oh, that was good. a fun thing we've always yeah. done together. Um, he joined, a, he created his own, much like you, 
his own radio show at school awesome. with a buddy. And so wherever I am, um, I try to dial in and listen to it every Saturday at 1 p.m. What, what's um, the radio show? Let's give a shout out to it. Oh, it's the, uh, they called it the Way Too Early Show. <laughs> and it's on the Williams Station, Williams College. Um, there's only one. And they call it the Way Too Early Show because it starts at 1 p.m. Eastern. And they think that's too early to be waking up and doing a radio show. That's so, awesome. Right out of the gate. It sets the tone. It's very, it's kind of humorous. It's, they play some cool music, and uh, they're just learning how to run a radio show with all the requirements that go along with that. But it's really fun, and um, just listening to him do that and then us supporting him, he'll send out a text to the whole group chat now and say, you know, radio show in 10 minutes or something, and as many of us as can will log in. And literally they have, like, 50 listeners, so it's not a big deal yet, but he's trying to learn how to do that and make it fun. And that's something that if I don't listen on a Saturday, I have tremendous guilt because that's pretty much one of my main channels for supporting him in college right now. Awesome. Well, I hope some of our yeah. listeners tune into the Way Too Early show at Williams <laughs> College at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Shout out that's to Bobby Verhey. Bobby Verhey, yeah, 1 p.m. Eastern, right? Yeah, and it ha- it doesn't. they don't even go to school until Labor Day. So this will be like a a mid-September thing when they get it going again, but I'll shoot okay. you the link. Okay, shoot us the link and we'll put it in the description so that people can uh, find him and support him. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just like that, like figuring out something they care about, staying in touch, and the, the harder piece is just not being overbearing, not telling them what to do, not being disappointed when they don't do everything the way you would because they simply will not, and that situation will not end in peace. Totally. So I just try. I'm training myself, and I'm not perfect. I'm nowhere near it in this department, but I am really working hard to sort of say, okay, you know, this is how he's doing it, and that's going to work for us. And it's really it's a growing experience for all of us, and I think we've all come a long way, but we're let's see how we do now. It's our fourth fourth run through. Well, and I also think it, what you're bringing forward is like this invitation to try to stay current with our kids and grow alongside them instead of like, oh, having them like freeze frame where they are at 18 August of 2023. Um, but how do we stay current? How do we stay connected? And uh, what they're interested in. And one of the things I heard at Madison during orientation was, you know, instead of uh, one of the students was talking and he was like, you know, it really helped when my parent and guardian wasn't saying, have you done this, 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 and this? Because chances are the answer is no. And then you feel like a failure, right? And instead of like more open-ended questions of like, how are you? Or what have you been up to? Or what's happening? And the administrator that was kind of running it said, you know, the other thing to really support your your launching your student is instead of solving the problem for them, just say, what have you tried? And then okay. listen to what they've tried. And if there's something that they you might have a suggestion around, then offering the suggestion versus trying to arc in and, and solve it, which I know I'm guilty of. Um, and my kids, if they're listening to this, will... So, yep, she is. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah, I'm very, like, I am a problem solver. And when you put something totally. on my plate, I'm going to try to figure it out. And that is, 
sometimes nice and sometimes really a pain in the butt. I think it's so, I think it's um, the youngest of the youngest of many. Well, we have okay mm-hmm. one last. We have about thirty seconds. Any last last words of wisdom? I think just you know give yourself grace. You know give your child suck the confidence out of yourself and feed it to them in your last hours and weeks and however many days, whatever you have left, and just know that they're going to be okay and know that if they are not okay in the sense that it's not the place for them or anything else goes belly up, that's also a very mature thing and that's positive and that there are many other options. So just give yourself some grace. Awesome. Nancy Verhey, thank you for joining us from the suburban parking lot of Target out east. (laughs) Best of luck to Tommy, Allie, Jenny, and Bobby as you launch in these next few days. And thank you so much for joining us on Exploring Sovereignty.